This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Tom Bernard Show with JB, Doug Sprinthal. Andy Brad Bernard and the Hackmaster Raphael Basham, MD. We will be right back. Take a look at the big stories of the day. Some actual news, but uh, don't miss Alingan Mitra. His spot was great. <laughs> T.J. Miller, just go to TomBernardPodcast.com uh, and listen. He went for an hour and twenty minutes, and it was uh, pretty amazing. Catharsis. Really amazing. He was cathartic. He was indeed. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the lovely and talented Doug Sprinthal (laughs) for Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Doc, would you rather have a Ferrari or a McLaren? What well, depends. That depends on what year. The eighteen four eighty eight Spider. I think the McLaren's a sixteen. I know, but the McLaren's the hybrid, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> wow! Ow! Ow! Give me a free bat. Give me a free set of batteries with Amanda the McLaren. Means, uh, I'll take the McLaren. You could have both. I'll take the McLaren. They are both sitting at Wyzetta Nissan. Um, and probably the fanciest of the cars that we feature on Walzer.com and the cool car selection. Uh, if you're interested in sports and high-performance cars, stuff that's fun to drive, we've got them from $400,000 Ferraris down to $10,000 Miatas and everything in between. And they're the Wichita cars as well. And being a Porsche aficionado, we've got a, probably about a half a dozen 911s on there. Do you mean 918s? No, uh, no. No, 918. Do you have a, you have a uh, 911R? No. We did oh, have yeah. one. We oh, did, did get one, yep. Cool. 
Boy, this is right up his alley. Look, yeah. he's, I, how many people drool over car, used I, car commercials? So this is fabulous. Yeah, that's interesting. You have, so it's, is the McLaren used? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's not a current one, new one. No, no. It's, I think it's a 2016. I saw it this morning. But if you're interested in this stuff, uh, go to walzer.com. Under inventory, you'll see a, a tab that says Walzer Cool Cars. There's about 50 cars like that on there. Huh. Where do you source those things? Did you, did you buy it on, on, on a... We buy, or? we buy, we've got full-time uh, used car buyers. They'll buy them at auctions. They'll yeah. buy them from other dealers. Um, we, we've got one guy that's really gifted in high-end cars. In fact, he found Tom's current Florida car at a state sale on Craigslist down in Florida. <laughs> got a 6,000-mile right. Jag uh, long-body turbocharged or supercharged. And so it's a, that's a fun – I did that for – a living for a couple of years just hunting down used cars it's really fun it's a lot of work but it's cool wow. so that's the spot walzer automotive group walzer.com <laughs> there's no music that's right i keep forgetting there's no music we'll just come andy uh would you pop that story up a- amy schumer schumer's new movie apparently is a complete flop yeah, oh. there's a surprise Really a huge surprise, isn't it? Well, she just makes herself so unlikable on purpose. She does. I don't well, the get va- it. The vagina and vomit jokes only go so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's another disappointing showing for Amy Schumer. Say critics who've given new flick I Feel Pretty a 36% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Audiences were even less kind at 26%. Alongside other funny females like Busy Phipps <laughs> or Busy Phillips. Great name. Who the hell is Busy Phillips? I'm sorry, but whoever wrote this article is nuts. <laughs> Listen, to this. alongside other funny females like Busy Phillips, A.D. Bryant, and Sashir Zarmada, who the hell are those? <laughs> who are those is people? This a parallel universe or something? Yeah, it's they're to be probably a parallel universe. They're probably people that travel with her. You think? Yeah, yeah. like specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Kevin Hart has a group that that opens for him, and they're called the Plastic Cup. Oh, yeah. So Maybe it's something like that. You might be right. Yeah. Schumer stars as a self-conscious woman whose confidence is magically boosted when she hits her head. Four takes. The movie is seriously suboptimal. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Writes Manohi or Manola Dargis at the New York Times, noting the idea that a lack of self-confidence can be essentially uh, bootstrapped away is an exhausted false fairy tale, but Schumer puts out so much energy and I feel pretty that it's hard not to feel charged up and the laughs land often enough that you can go if somewhat begrudgingly with the messy flow. That was a positive review. Wow. <laughs> Whoops. The old hit her head thing. Like that yeah. that was an interesting yep. interview you did this morning about true story about that a guy. guy hit his head in a diving accident? Yeah, it was a diving Concussion, accident. Concussion, yeah. and when he woke up, apparently, what is it called? Was it a su- acquired savant acquired syndrome? Acquired savant syndrome, yep. He could play the classical piano. <laughs> Never played in his life. And I guess he was saying there was about 50 people in the world that have this syndrome where right, some, are, yep. they have some brain injury and can then do something that they've never been able to do in their lives. Wait, I mean, they, they just start doing it, or they can play all the pieces even though they've never heard the pieces? No, he, it sounded like he just sat down and started playing the piano. He sees and he's, now. He, see, he plays the music that he can almost see in his head. So he's not playing Chopin, but he's 
playing in a style of a classical pianist, and apparently was quite good. He apparently actually sees in front of him little boxes that show him how to play these things. It's like I had heard before that some people with acquired um, uh, what the hell is it called again? Acquired. Well, uh, I, I think it was a syndrome. savant syndrome. I think that's what hey, it's acquired it. savant syndrome. That they some people actually even see notes floating yeah. in front of them. Well, the, the great composers—that's kind. Of, they saw the music. Yeah, they saw the music. They saw the music. They, or they, or they used that word. They used that verb to describe how their process was to compose right. music. Yeah, it was yep. just something that appeared to them. Whoa, that's exactly it. So, yeah, that guy was a, a great guest. Yeah, he was a fantastic guest. We've had some unbelievable guests on the radio and on this show. Guy yesterday, uh, an incredible story. Um, what was it, Andy? A fuel tank fell off a NASCAR airplane and crashed. The plane his... hit his neighbor's house, and the fuel tank hit his house. His, his house, which set it on his, fire. Burned his four-year-old daughter to death. <sighs> he tried to save her. He was burned over ninety-five percent of his body oh, at thirty-one years old. So he should have died. Yeah. he was thirty-six. I think. Oh, he was thirty-six. You're right, because there was a there was a hundred and thirty-one percent chance that he was going to die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 131%. 95% burn. The you, yep. You're almost always out of here. And he he uh, lived. His, they had to replace his corneas because they burned right yep. off out of his eyes. Yep. Yep. I mean, what an inspiring story this guy had. And he said, and I know people get all upset about it, whatever, but he said his faith in Jesus is what brought him through. Hey, and if it worked for him, good for him. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to have a belief in something exactly. to get through that. You know, a belief in whatever. It, it, whatever. You your know, you family to, or something. There's a belief system that has to drive you because you, otherwise you're just, you're done. Oh, 95%. You don't have 95% of his body. And yeah. those people, uh, the sad thing about that, they always look like they should see a plastic surgeon. The scarring said, is so horrific. He said that um, his one regret is the fact that he stopped calling for his daughter because he got choked up with the smoke, he stopped calling for his daughter, and he could hear her still whimpering. Oh, God. So she knew that he she he couldn't save her, uh, and she was still alive. It was it was uh, it was oh, one hell man. of a, a story yesterday. It was unbelievable. He he oh. wrote a book, and I can't remember the name. What's the name of the book, Andy? Do you remember? Uh, into the fire or through the through the fire? fire? Yeah, through the fire. That's what it was called. It was through the fire. A fascinating story. Uh, here's the best part, though. God, I was hoping that Catherine would be here for this. So he tries to save his four-year-old girl. She burns to death. He goes into a coma for four months, right? He's in a coma for four months. He wakes up, and one of the first things they tell, they tell him is, oh, by the way, your wife left you. <laughs> wow. Like, oh, wow. my God. His wife left him. But he said, look, you can't blame anybody for anything in a situation that horrific. Uh, I, can't, I can't blame anything on her or put anything on her or judge her. Who knows what's going through her head, you know, at that time. But, yeah, we've had some uh, T.J. Miller today, fantastic interview. Uh, it will not be on the radio for very specific reasons, I will tell you that. If you've ever seen T.J. Miller on TV, you'll know why. Yes, exactly. But uh, you can go. It will not be appearing on the radio stations today or any other day for that matter. But uh, you can go to Tom Bernard Podcast 
Yeah. And uh, com and check it out. T.J. Miller, he's on for about an hour and a half, something like that. And Alingan Mitra, of course, will be on the radio, so that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Alingan's a, a very, very nice guy. Uh, Peter Howe mostly agrees, uh, though there's a happy conclusion. The film upholds the hoary Hollywood tradition of pretending that a woman turns invisible and unlovable if she's not a candidate for the cover of Vogue. So basically all of these people are now making this uh, sexism issue. Yeah. So you, you can't joke around about, you know, hitting your head or whatever, and apparently it's that's not allowed. Oh, is that Judge Tanya? Judge Acker? Yep. Judge, how are you? I'm great, Tom. How are you doing? Marvelously well. I just watched your show a couple of days ago, as a matter of fact. Did you have fun? Did I did have. It? I did have fun because basically, you guys put up with very little on that show, which I I, <laughs> I enjoy. Hot bench, <laughs> the first ever three judge bench where cameras take viewers into the deliberation process. Uh, fantastic. It's it's there's you, uh, Judge Judy, and those are the those are the hot shows. I mean, it's magnificent to be compared to Judge Judy's a wonderful thing. Hot Bench is only, how, how many years old? A couple of years now, right? Well, we just started our fifth season. As what? As a matter of fact. Yes, time, time really flies. Honest I, to God, it, your it, fifth season. It, it is, I'm telling you, it, it's really been a fun ride. Um, I, as you know, Judy created us. Um, yep. And she's really... Uh, she really is is quite a force, and I have to say, uh, kind of learning the process of judging on television uh, from someone uh, from her is uh, there's no better teacher. No, I can sure. understand it. So to give people an idea of how of how well Hot Bench is doing, it's a daytime show, as a, ma- a matter of fact, the number three show in daytime television, with an average audience of 3.2 million viewers. When you look at the Tonight Show or the Jimmy Kimmel Show or the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, they average about 1.1 to 1.3 million viewers. So, Hot Bench would get almost three times as many viewers, and in and one of those shows, it is three times as many viewers. That's a lot of people watching a show. Wow, that's a lot of people. <laughs> it is. Oh, you didn't know that? You didn't know that you do much better than late night shows. Um, I, you know, it's really funny. I, I know that we do quite well, and uh, we're really excited about that and are enjoying that. Um, I, I don't uh, often, I don't regularly think about it in those terms. No, I so suppose not. Yeah, see, I've been in radio for 48 years, so my entire life is ratings. That's not, it's just, <laughs> ratings are important. It's just, uh, ratings, ratings are very, are very important. important. But, you know, the fun thing about our show, um, you know, certainly for me, uh, being a lawyer um, and sort of having been a civil litigator uh, for my whole professional life before I started doing this, uh, it's really nice to be able to meet people and to kind of engage with them and their problems in a way where when it's all said and done, like we can finish it, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can solve the problem. We can resolve the dispute. You know, in my practice, um, you know, when I was uh, trying cases and, and being a litigator, you know, in my kind of practice, we worked a long time to work up a case. You do a bunch of work and you give it to a judge and then you just sit and wait and wait and wait and wait. Um, you know, sometimes you go back and wait for a jury and then, you know, that can sometimes uh, still take a bit. So yeah. I like being able to meet some folks, see a problem. You know, we get the complaints and answers in advance. So 
if there are legal issues uh, that we need to study or have our staff dig into or dig into ourselves, we have time to do that. But um, I like being able to show up and, and, and solve a problem and, and do it in a way where at least you give people some amount of finality. You know, I mean, not every, not every fight is a court case and not every court and resolution of every court case, of course, isn't going to solve every fight. But, you know, at least we can do what we can to try to clear up some of the drama. I don't <laughs> know how you do it, to tell you the truth. I could not do what you do because I watched the show. And some of these points these people try to make that they absolutely believe are true, I would just go, you have to be out of your mind, get away from me. So I don't know how you, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I really don't. I, it's... People, people are tripped sometimes. I mean, I, I think what happens is that people can get so caught up in their fight and trying to win their fight that they can lose their common sense. And then if yes. they just take a step back and think about what it is they're saying, and if somebody, you know, outside of the context of this court were trying to pass along the position that they're trying to pass, they'd know it was ridiculous. You know, I, I, something about litigation makes people lose sight of things that are just ridiculous. And they right. think that taking something to court and dressing it up as a court claim or a defense to a court claim is going to make it less ridiculous, but it doesn't. It's still ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and what's really sad is when the and the over-the-top ridiculous ones to me seem to be intrafamilial, Fam brothers and sisters going after each other, kids suing their parents. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. What are mm -hmm. you doing? My favorite was Ted Williams' uh, kids fighting over his head. Yeah, they fought over his head because he froze his head. <laughs> yes, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, you know, the, it, it's, it's certainly um, no surprise that we're sometimes a little less careful with people who are closer to us, right? Like, we're mm -hmm. not as, like, we don't protect those relationships as much as we do uh, our, our connections with strangers. Uh, people sometimes try to get away with a little more. Um, I frankly, you know, and these intrafamilial, uh, intrafamilial conducts are precisely the types of things where, you know, when, when I see cases like that, it's really clear that there is only a little bit of the problem that we're going to be able to solve because I got to tell you, um, the whole notion of, like, being opposed in court to parents I mean, I, I just, I, I can't, I, that's yeah. something that I can't quite get my head around. But, you know, I feel really fortunate um, in that regard because uh, I've got great parents um, who to this day remain great parents. So, I, you know, I just, uh, I, I'm happy that I, I grew up surrounded by the kind of people that I did. So you never had to sue your mom or dad? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there was no, there's no suing, there's no suing of the parents. Uh, or or vice versa no. in the Acker household. Uh, that's just not how we. That's not how we rolled. That's I'm not happy how we to do hear things. that. I am happy to hear that. How do, does one go about being picked? Uh, you said Judge Judy, of course, the, the producer of your show. How how did you get picked to be one of the judges? Well, you know, it was interesting. Before the show, I'd been doing a lot of legal commentary on different sorts of issues. Right. And I I got a call from CBS. Uh, to come down, and uh, they said they were putting together a new show, and so they met 
I met with CBS and uh, Judy and, uh, you know, uh, her um, uh, executive producer, you know, the development people, and there was just sort of a big, I don't know, it was a medium-sized-ish group of folks um, who they just kind of mixed and matched different teams of people to kind of see what worked. And um, it worked out. It worked out. It was it, uh, it was it was a fun experience. Even going through it, um, I, I met some fun people. And Judy, um, I, I just have to say, I mean, she really, uh, I, 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 she's just been a role model. Uh, she's really helped. She, I, I've learned a lot from her. You know, I, I think that the what people see of her on TV, uh, while being very genuine and authentic, is really just a slice. Of, of, who, of who that really great woman is, because I, I tell you, um, there there really is uh, there could be no better teacher and guide. I could see that. Yes, absolutely. Crazy business of television. I think of very trying to do law, trying to do you know law on television. Um, it, it's it's a big thing and a, and a fun thing. Yep. I take a very quick break. We'll be right back. We got about five six more minutes with Judge Acker. Correct. Yes. Whatever Wonderful. you like. We'll be right back. Right after a short break. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium my pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first my pillow. If you already know how great the my pillow is. Why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, Judge Tanya Acker. We're talking about Hot Bench. We're talking about 3.2 million viewers a day watching Hot Bench. Uh, I've already found out how Judge Acker and, and everybody else involved with the show got involved with the show. Um, it, it is an interesting – You, uh, the one thing I will say, and I look, I, I've been a Judge Judy fan for a long time. She gets very frustrated with, <laughs> with a lot of her people, which I, I haven't seen you – the three of you get – I mean, you get frustrated, but – Yeah, we do. I mean, Judge Judy <laughs> will start yelling at people. <laughs> She doesn't hold back much. You guys, uh, I think you instruct people. We, we from time to time. I, I certainly know, uh, certainly for my part, I, I've had an edge in my voice uh, or yes. five yes. from time to time. There's been some raising of the decibels. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it can be frustrating because I do think there are people like more people um, than sometimes it's comfortable to think about 
who really have no qualm or compunction about taking advantage of somebody else, uh, really just abusing the system in all sorts of perverse ways. And when you look at who a lot of our litigants are, I mean, these aren't people who can afford lawyers, and these aren't people who, you know, have crisis management teams and advocates and lobbyists and folks who can go fight for them and make sure they don't get cheated. So sometimes, you know, we're not play acting. I mean, there are people who really do just have no shame about trying to pull something over on people. Um, And I will say that one of the things about doing this show and kind of arbitrating cases on television is that we are doing a case, and we're doing real cases, but we do have the, 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 real, the, the benefit uh, of this platform to say some things and to say some things about, um, you know, certain kinds of conduct that's just wrong, mm-hmm. you know. And, and if that person, you know, if that victim of that scam wasn't lucky enough to be on our show with somebody giving that other person a hard time. Nobody, there might be a situation where, you know, people just might not care. So uh, we do like to do that from time to time. That's pretty interesting. Uh, I was just reading some information about the show. Our goal is substantially fewer people held in jail. Um, yeah, in 2015, Vera alerted uh, America to the negative impact of pretrial detention. The social cost is high. Even a few days in jail can lead to uh, longer incarceration and adversely influence the rest of a person's life. Uh, there's a lot of really, really good information here. I, is there any idea, uh, ballpark figure, uh, of all these people held in jail that just simply can't afford a bail as low as $500. There's oh, the man. savings to the taxpayers I, have to be huge. I, I got to tell you, I, I don't know that figure and I don't even want to guess because it is, I, I know this, I know that it's staggering. Um, you know, when you look at the fact that there are people and sometimes kids who've not yet been found guilty. I mean, this mm-hmm. is the thing that we have to remember. Um, we have a constitution, and ours is a great system, and our rule of law um, is one that really has been uh, an example for other countries around the world, and there's a big presumption of innocence. And part of that presumption is, uh, I think, not saying to somebody, you're going to stay locked up yeah. just because you're poor. Um, you know, they, Of course, there are safety and security concerns to be managed and considered you know of course there are concerns about flight risks but vera has done a lot of research and there's a lot of work on this issue that just simply the fact that somebody can't afford to get out of jail but if they've got other ties to the community and those ties are real and substantial as they often are um and in many cases they are uh there's no more a flight risk for that person than there is for the person who can afford to charter a private jet Right. Uh, uh, and then can can you know make uh, his or her, uh, his or her bail that way. So you know I, I think Vera is really just about a much more common sense approach to justice, because uh, and, and that really is, is long overdue. Do you think the ta- the average taxpayer would see any benefit, or would the politicians just find better places to put the money? I I think that we all might agree that there are better places to put the money than building more jails, which uh, most Americans do not want, and that's something that's consistent. 
amongst urban populations, rural populations. You know, it's one of the rare areas of agreement that there actually is in this country. People don't want to just keep building new jails. Uh, we don't want to keep locking up nonviolent folks, uh, you know, who in years past might have been diverted in many, many, many other ways. Um, we've really lost a sense of community, and part of that is kind of rebuilding trust between communities and, and cops in those communities. Uh, my, I, I have a cousin um, who's a detective, uh, now a police captain uh, in Kansas City, and you know, I, on both sides, like our cops need to know that they can trust the communities that they're in and rely on them, and the communities need to feel safe uh, with, and they need to have the same sort of trust and respect for, for law enforcement. And so VIR is really about uh, mending what's been like a, a lot of really fractured cords, uh, frankly, amongst law enforcement and, and the communities. And, and, the, and that's overdue. So it's really all of a piece, Tom. Like all of these are different parts uh, of the same puzzle. Uh, that we have to keep more moving forward on. It makes total sense. I cannot believe that I first interviewed you four years ago already. I thought it was about I, a year or two ago. I did, too. I was trying to remember when we first spoke. I was, I was kind of tossing around in my head. I was like maybe a year, year and a half. I can't believe it that much time. I know. That's crazy. It just shot by, I'll tell you. But congratulations. <laughs> it's a hit show. It's doing extremely well. As I said, 3.2 million viewers a day. Judge Tanya Acker, uh, Hot Benches, the show, Vera, a very, very interesting subject as well. Thank you so much for your time today, and uh, it just uh, continued success. That's wonderful. Thank you, my friend. This has been great. Thanks but, so much. Thank you, Judge. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. See, I agree with that whole situation. This throwing There are people who can't make $500 bail. In other words, they don't have $50 because you have to come up with 10% of, mm -hmm. of your bail, right? They, can't, they don't have 50 bucks to get out, and putting them in jail costs the taxpayers how much money? I, I, I don't even know. Uh, the only thing, the reason that, the only problem I have with that all is if you turn that money over to politicians, where are they going to spend it next? Right? Yeah. Oh, they'll, yeah, they'll buy more votes. They'll use your money to buy more votes. That really does upset me that they're allowed in, you know, circuitous ways to take your tax money and spend it to, to buy votes for themselves i'm not a real big fan of that not i'm not a big fan of a lot of things that are going on in politics right now and that's on the left and the right i just the stuff that they're doing i just can't believe but what 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 are our choices you know for nonviolent crime right well what are our choices with regard there has to be some consequence for that social punishment social no there yeah you're right be some sort of i don't know yeah, what you want you're right that that's not justice but you have there should be some consequence for that sort of thing what is that i mean prison is prison is a draconian simple mm -hmm. thing lock them up throw away the key but what what alternative can there be i i don't know there used to be when i was a teenager and in my 20s there used to be a program for young offenders where instead of going to jail oh, they would make them pick up trash along the side of the highway but they, they found that to be demeaning and mm -hmm. humiliating, so they don't do that anymore. Of course they did. Like, well, come on. Well, what's what's more demeaning and humiliating? Exactly. Picking up some trash along the road and have freedom yep. or to be in a jail and I maybe know. be subjugated by you know, some some guy there. 
a woman there. I remember there was a program in Minneapolis in the 70s for teenagers who got in trouble. I think it was called Nova or something yeah, like Nova, that. Yeah, Nova, yeah. Yeah, it was run through the Minneapolis Police Department. Which yeah, I, we've got three per, well, about 3% of the world's population yeah. and 25% of the world's incarcerated population. Yep. The yep. Uh, diversion programs don't exist anymore. They don't. No, I used to true. work at one. Right. And they, they're uh, hard to maintain, and, and it's just become easier and easier to put people away. No, I think that's true. I think you're absolutely right about that. I, I, I just, um, I don't know. The whole family, I, I find it fascinating, and Andy pointed this out to me, and I bring it up almost every day now, but 16 of the 17 uh, most recent school shooters, there was not a father present in the home. Yeah, they, they, that is a fact that is really coming out and really being driven, uh, driven home, the absence of dad in the household yeah. and what is, what is doing to this country. It's just destroying the fiber of this well, country. And that was supposed to be the great society, remember? That was Lyndon Baines Johnson decided if the father was in the home, the family cannot collect welfare. Well, so, yeah, so far today I've attacked uh, President Trump and I've attacked President Johnson. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's both parties. Yeah. They both make huge mistakes because they've never lived those lives. They don't know. Instead they, of going out going, what do you think we should do? Mm-hmm. They decide what they should do. And and what what the father figure may bring in some homes. It might be the mother as well. Is oh, that yeah. is that they know they provide the consequences for right. inappropriate yes. behavior and activities. You know, if I would have gotten in trouble, I, my dad would have killed me. He was an mm -hmm. iron worker, he would have killed right. it would have it would have been truly, you know, not pleasant. <laughs> and well, that's why well, I, yeah. I chose I I made certain choices based on yeah, I'm not gonna do that. See, but by the same token, my father was not around, but my mother did a really, really great job pointing out, you're breaking my heart, and then you're going to make me cry every night. So, okay, Mom, I'll so, behave. So, that's, so it doesn't have to be a man or a woman, and it no. does not have to be a threat no. of physical violence. Nope. No. I just, breaking my mother's heart was the last thing I wanted to do. That's, and she made it very clear whenever I was breaking her heart. So. And, and, in, and in Japan, in Japan, it's your honor, your family's honor. Yeah, family's and, honor. And you, yeah, you want to go out of your way not to uh, cross the family honor or your honor because it's so, so very important culturally. Yeah. No, it's very, very true. Uh, so we, I just, I really wish we would turn to the people instead of just some people are, oh, there'd be great benefit uh, for you if we got this program. No, I don't want to hear about great benefit. What really does work? Uh, is it really demeaning and humiliating to go on the side of the road and pick up trash rather than sit in jail? I don't think so. No. And also, um, stop devaluing the father in the family yeah we're one we, of like the only countries on earth that really encourages or at least doesn't discourage fathers from you know not being there and I mean, or people from having right. children outside of marriage or whatever and we do it in many different places in, in our culture we do it in television we do yeah, it we in do. music yep. we do it you know and um, yep, here it is. The country with the highest percentage of single parents in the world is the United States. Is that right? So, what is the? Does it say what the percentage is? Twenty-five point eight. Ooh, man. I know that's pretty bad. And and so, you know, we um, 
um, you know, they always ask the question, how did this kid make it through? Well, either both parents were involved or there was really one strong parent or there was a really strong connection mm -hmm. to an outside male mm -hmm. somewhere, be it an uncle, a grandfather, a... Um, well, there was that Big Brother program for yeah. a while. I don't know what happened to that. It still exists, but it's... Not as... Not as big as right. it used to be. Not a barn burner anymore. No, and you know, um, I just looked at the people and the guys in my neighborhood. There was like fifteen guys we hung together, yeah. and not everybody had dad in the house. But they either, they had strong moms, and guess what? They also had they had my dad who yeah. would whisper. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Whisper in their ear, and we would never know about it. When we buried my father, I had five guys come up and tell me, hey, I never told you this, but your old man caught me screwing up one day. Really? And blah, 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 blah. My dad never said a word to me, and my friend never said a word to me, but my old man said, hey, you need to knock that off. Yeah, I talk about them all the time, Mr. Fisher and Mr. Laurent. Uh, they literally just... You know, I remember they came to me when I was 12, 13 years old and said, Tom, we really are very fond of you. You're a good kid, and you're going to do well, and don't worry about this stuff. Right. They, other fathers stepped up in the neighborhood. It was great. It was it was wonderful, and I'll never forget it. So that so and so that so what what the judge said? She said the loss of community. Yep. Right. So it's yeah, not just the, not right. lot, and it's not the idea of loss of trust of community with the yep. police, but also the loss of trust or the interaction of people in the community, yep. where you really care about the kid next door. Right. That's exactly That's right. Yeah, if I screwed up and the neighbor saw it, he stepped in and then also reported it to my parents. Yep, absolutely. So, so you literally felt as though you were always being looked after. We will be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you know how important it is to have the right dock. That's why you should know about flow docks. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side -side sway. They're completely modular so you can configure them to your family's needs or add on as your family's needs grow. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flo's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make, right down to flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy. My friends at Flow also told me that hockey star Ryan Suter bought a Flow dock and lift as he wanted the best for his family. See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl. And after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our SellerWorkshop.com series, where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to SellerWorkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The Seller Workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. 
Seating is limited, and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit sellerworkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard Show. JB's here. Doug's here. Andy's here. Dr. Basham's here. Where's the family? Oh, oh that's, that's right. They're in Arizona. They're in Arizona some nice wander. weather. Where's Melina? Oh, he's in New York City. I think this is actually the perfect weather. It is good weather. 50 degrees, that's like the ideal temperature to me. 50, well, it, yeah, 60. 50, 58 yesterday felt damn good, I'll yeah, tell you that. It, that felt really good. Police in Louisiana say a woman came home to discover a naked stranger in her dub <laughs> eating her Cheetos while taking a bath, reports the AP. <laughs> <laughs> A Monroe police affidavit says 29-year-old Evelyn Washington was arrested on burglary and property damage charges. The Fort Worth Star-Telegram reports that Washington was caught orange-handed <laughs> with nowhere to run. And that a uh, responding officer found a full tub of water and a plate of food along with half-eaten Cheetos belonging to the victim on the toilet next to the tub. Washington told the homeowner that, uh, and police that an unknown male had told her to break into the house. Police found a tall ice chest under a broken window. So someone told me to do it, so I'm innocent. That's not really I'm innocent. A I was told to do it. Yeah. It's not my fault. Not a defense. How, how stoned are you to yeah. break in somebody's house, take a bath, and eat all the... <laughs> this was <laughs> drugs. be higher than a kite. Or, or if, if, you, if, you are, if you are ahead... And you, uh, how insensitive can you be to eat somebody Twice else's Cheetos? Uh, I need to see that Professor uh, Barbara Bush story, Andy. There's an update on that, uh, apparently. Did they fire? No, no, she's gaining support. Oh, of course God. she is. Uh, it's lost its mind. Puppy. Free speech activists are lending support to a Fresno State professor threatened with possible disciplinary measures. After referring to Barbara Bush as an amazing racist who is still fabulous, Thanks for checking in. Rhonda Gerard on Wednesday tweeted, Love to all of you who have sent support per the uh, Fresno Bee. And there are apparently several in an opinion piece at the uh, Fresno Bee, a Fresno State lecturer who says he was last year demoted for claiming President Trump must hang. Well, you yeah. wanted to hang the yeah. president? Can't yeah, say that. yeah, you, you can't, should be demoted. Yeah, you should be demoted. That's a demotion, yeah. Argues University President Joseph Castro should be standing up to the fascist threat to academic freedom. Here it is. You know these college professors. <laughs> I know, and that's why I said I was glad the story broke after uh, Wednesday. That's true. That's for sure. Uh, the fascist threat to academic freedom rather than investigating the tenured associate English professor currently on a leave of absence. Both the ACLU of Northern California and National Coalition Against Censorship uh, also, uh, say the investigation of the Arab American should be closed. Gerard, who was uh, to return to the university in the fall, said bluntly what newspaper obituaries disguised when they wrote that Mrs. Bush was never shy about expressing her views or that in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, her candor got her into trouble, says Los Angeles Times book critic Layla Lalami. If your kid last name is Lalami, don't name your kid Layla. Layla Lalami. Layla Lalami. Well, Roger Stone called her a, a drunk. Did you see that? Yeah, he did. He called her a drunk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> poor Barbara. Nice. Again, we've lost our civil discord. She's right. dead. Yeah. She's dead, <laughs> yes. Uh, Guardian columnist Mustafa Bayomi says Gerard has the right to express that opinion without being threatened with violence or loss of employment. 
Fresno writer Stephen Sanchez adds, the vitriol flung at her is the epitome of white fragility. How, mm. how is it white, fra- how did white people take a punch now? <laughs> what did we do? We oh. don't have to do anything. No, we just, do it's not. Our, yeah. It's just it's, the fact it, we exist. It's, it was white people who attacked her for oh, being... God. I'm sure it was. For being rude and, and, and tasteless. Crude. Right. The AP reports that critics have continued to bash Gerard for being insensitive after Bush's death. Castro said her words went beyond free speech. Per the B, Gerard, who grew up in Kuwait and Egypt has also uh, taken flack for implying the phone number of Arizona <laughs> State University's crisis hotline was her own. Oh, my God. Yeah, she tweeted out the suicide line's Why? phone number. Said, well, if you want to call me, here's my number. Oh, see, this woman needs to go. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're yeah. nuts. Oh, that's bizarre. Yeah, she she does, needs treatment. She does not know how to she handle does. getting out of the mess she put herself into. See, here's what I would do. If, I, I, if all these people at Fresno State and all these uh, professors and all the rest of it, if, if, if they stood up and said, look, you've got to stop protesting at conservative speeches at, uh, you know, Cal Poly or, or what's that liberal rat hole at Michelle? Berkeley? Berkeley, yeah. Oh, UC Berkeley. If we have free speech, we have free speech. Right. If you're invited to make a speech, you shouldn't have to put up with protesters threatening you or threatening violence. Free speech is free speech on both sides of issues. So that's why I would get upset over this. That's the ACLU's argument, and I think they're actually right. You know, and they'll, you know, they famously yeah. defended the American Nazis in yes. Skokie. Yep. Don't like it. It's unpalatable, and the ACLU is full of lefties, but they yep. also... But there's two different pieces to this. Right. Free speech says that you can't be incarcerated for things you say or you, should, can't be, you cannot be silenced. Right. right. It says nothing about the consequences of what you say. That's right. right. So if, if, you have, if you're a comedian and you have a terrible anti-Semitic act, you may not get a lot of work. You mean like Tamika Mallory? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about Tamika? What did no. she do? Tamika Mallory said that she would attend Starbucks racial bias uh, seminars only if they don't allow Jews. <laughs> That's right out of Blazing Saddles. It really is. She's a buddy of, of Louis Farrakhan. And the Jews, of course, and Farrakhan don't get along because he has called them, he has called Jews the most evil people on earth. Uh, so. Lewis and Jews don't get along too well, and Tamika Mallory's a friend of Lewis's, so she said she'd attend the racial bias seminars only if there are any Jews there. It's like, what is wrong with you? But it, it, that's get the consequences. So that's the reason why, you know, you know, God. when a right, white supremacist gets on TV, everybody looks at him and go, these people are, are not right. No, they're, they're not, not right, right in the exactly. head. And that's the consequence of your free speech. Yeah, it is. There are consequences, but you should be allowed to say whatever you wish to say. Yes. And this whole fire in a crowded theater, you don't have to worry about that anymore. There aren't any crowded theaters anymore, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that argument any longer. Now, that does break my heart, by the way. The St. Louis Park uh, Man Theater is going to close this month for good. Is it? Yep. Wow. People are not going to the theater anymore, and I think one of the reasons is, and Andy will tell you this too, 
you can't sit and watch a movie in a theater anymore without other people driving they're, you crazy. Right, distractions. They distract. Them. They're on their phone. They're flat. You know, the phone's just bright as hell in a in a dark theater. I don't go to many, but I usually go to early Saturday shows. Yeah, that's not that's Sat- a good idea. Early Saturday afternoon, like one yep. or two o'clock, you get the place to yourself. That's a good plan. That's a really good plan because you can actually, as you said, you can have the place to yourself, and there's no. I mean, seriously, when Andy and I went and saw Jumanji, so now that's what five, four months ago. Uh, if not long. Well, wait. We, we paid, were we in Florida? Yeah. Yeah, I saw we about paid that. extra for seating because uh, it, I don't know, it somehow was involved in a movie the or The seats um, moved would, almost like a ride. Kind of like oh. a ride, yeah. So oh. we paid extra for that. And these young young girls, they were, what, 16 years old, something like that, Andy? Well, it was a family, but yeah, there yeah. was a young 16-ish year old They girl. snuck in. They didn't pay for the seats, but they sat right next to us. So they didn't pay for the seats, mm-hmm. and they, they took them anyway. And then the, the girl, 16-year-old right next to Andy, took her phone out, and it lit up about every 60 seconds. Yeah. And it was extremely constantly bright. taking out her phone. Constantly taking her phone out. or whatever she was doing. There's a kid behind me and behind Andy. Oh, wait till you see this scene. I've already seen this movie. Wait till you see what de- It's like, what? Would you shut your kid you up? Slap your sake? kid. So Andy and I finally got up from the seats we paid extra for and moved down into the second row of the theater where we had to look straight up at the That's screen. tough on the neck. Yeah, tough on the neck. But it was the only way we could find any peace mm-hmm. to see the rest of the movie. We liked the movie. At least I liked the movie. You liked it, didn't you, Andy? Yeah. But, but it's very hard to enjoy when you are so incredibly rude. Now, look, it was a little kid. He was excited. But the parents needed to lean over and go, you know, Listen here, Sonny Boy. Yeah. Right. This is not Shut what up. you do yeah, in this, this environment. The, no, they they chose to just uh, do nothing. They did absolutely nothing. And seriously, every scene, oh, wait till you see what Rock does when he jumps out of the airplane in his part. It's just unbelievable. He'd like say the quotes ahead of yeah, time. say the quotes ahead of time in a movie. Oh, again, God, it was annoying. Again, the loss of community, so, uh, yeah. social fabric, you know, it's just. Makes you wonder how we get along from day to day a lot, a lot of the time. How do we anymore? How do we? Schumer's 420 plans involve marijuana. What, Chuck Schumer's hitting the pipe now? <laughs> I didn't realize this. Uh... Oh, of course, he's trying to decriminalize it for the 3,000th time. Good. And John Boehner. He's, he, he's, John Boehner. He's, he's, sort of, he's, 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 he's evolved. He's evolved, yes. Chuck Schumer will introduce a bill today, which is appropriately 420, to decriminalize marijuana at the federal level. The Senate Minority Leader tells Vice News in an interview set to air in full on HBO on Thursday night, I've seen too many people's lives ruined because they had small amounts of marijuana and served time in jail, much too long. Ultimately, it's the right thing to do, freedom. Schumer says in a clip uh, of the interview posted on Twitter, Slate calls it a major development for the movement to reform drug laws and adds that Schumer apparently signed a, bong, uh, signed a bong during oh, the vice geez. interview. He signed He's a bong. doing anything bong. to get votes. I guess so. But you know what? It's time to decriminalize. If you're going to have booze, you may as well have marijuana. Too. Well, if you get booze, you can allow people to gamble anywhere right. and anything. Right. But, but, knowing the health risks of smoking... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say smoking. Yeah, you're right. I, I the say smoking you, part of it, they I agree. Decriminalize with. Uh, the drugs and things like that, but no smoking. No, no I, smoking. I would agree. Vape Do not it, smoke it. But not smoke it. You can vape it, or you can eat, have the edibles. You can have the little pills, or whatever it is. Yeah, I agree with you. First of all, I, there's no way 
that I could inhale smoke like that anymore. Uh, oh my God, I would start gagging. It was if I hard back smoke. in the day to do it. Yeah, and now imagine it's like, oh, there's yeah, no smoke chance. Because of once. it's a little harsh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it is yeah. a little harsh. There's no question. So, so look at this today. I, I criticized Donald Trump. I criticized Lyndon Baines Johnson. I, I applauded Chuck Schumer. I'm all over the political board today, man. You're, I don't know. You're a raving liberalist. I'm a, yes, I'm a liberalist. I'm a, I'm a libertarian. Libertari- libertarianist. I am a libertarianist. That'll work. Seriously, that works for me. Just leave me alone. Leave everybody alone. Stop being so judgmental. And if you want uh, free speech, then you're going to have to give it to everybody, not just who you like. I thought it was a right that we were all born with when you're born into this country. Yeah, well, that's how it used to be. Yeah, that's I, how it used to be back in the day. Are you going to sign any bongs before 420 expires? Who, me? No. Yeah. Not, no bong signing for you. No, know, that was no. probably the worst thing about the marijuana years because sooner or later, everybody kicks over the bong. And that is the worst smelling thing. In the that planet. is not good. You're 100% oh. right about that. See, There's you guys no are question. talking about something I know, have no knowledge of. So well, I'll just action. use your imagination. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best smelling stuff to begin I, with. And you can tell someone smoked it in the past week. So <laughs> <laughs> Just from their clothes, even though they wash them? Yeah, the, mm. the, and, that's, and there's the, that odor I find very offensive. And it, and it is It's offensive. pretty bad. It's and bad. It, it, I... And it not I other people don't, but it is. And I just I just you should not be able to smoke around. You have to listen and have to smell smoke. I would agree, one hundred percent. Fact. Uh, we've got about a minute and a half, Andy. So I don't know what we can get done in this minute and a half. Probably have to wait till next week. Um, the father of gynecology statue comes down. Why would what? they? Why would they take the father of the? Probably a slave owner or racist yeah. or, or he's sexist. Because he's a guy. That, Gynecologist? <laughs> I mean, I thought that was a good thing. Yeah. But uh, that's just me, you know. The, in ins- any case. the, the insinuation of uh, that profession is what steered me away from it. Oh, right. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, I, I just remember as a medical school try, you know, trying to learn how to do a vaginal exam. And I, yeah. and I just thought to myself, this is the most impersonal. It's, I was so uncomfortable. I said, I, I marked it right off the list. I ain't doing this. <laughs> Andy, we got one minute to look at the father of gynecology statue coming down. We've got to find out. Uh, was that a listener? Uh, yeah, but no time. Yeah, we only have 45 seconds left. Another controversial 19th century statue has been taken down in a big city, but this time the controversy doesn't involve the Confederacy. Instead, the statue of Dr. J. Marion Sims, regarded as the father of modern gynecology, came down in New York Central Park because much of his breakthrough work derived from experimentation on slaves. Reports the Daily News, Sims operated on 11 slave women in Alabama over the course of three years, over and over, without anesthesia? Yeah. There was no anesthesia. I suppose there was none, yeah. Uh, Recounts the Atlantic. He is credited, among other things, with perfecting a procedure to correct a painful condition known as vescovaginal fistula. Fistula is just... The word fistula... It's a gross word. It's a a gross (laughs) word. I'm sorry. That's the connection between the bladder and the vagina. Yeah, let's not be uh, operating on anybody without... uh, Asking, first of all, if they are okay with it. And secondly, how about a little anesthesia, even though there wasn't any. Thanks for listening today. It was what a rather interesting uh, show today. Uh, if you don't get a chance to, uh, well, you're not going to get a chance to hear T.J. Miller on the radio. 
just tune in to TomBernardPodcast.com. The T.J. Miller interview is really, really worth listening to. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Tom Bernard Show. Thank you.